0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show. And guess who is joining me on the Orange Couch? Man, I'm being, I feel like I'm blessed. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn and many others have gracefully just said yes to being on the Orange Couch and being on the show. And on today's program, I have the acting president, pastor, lead pastor, Chris Reed. Is, is, it, is it OK to call you a friend? Absolutely. I feel like you're a friend. I feel like I've known you. We got a lot of people in between, but I want to tell you something. I've been in ministry 26 years, and it's very rare to meet someone like yourself that God has accelerated to where we are today. Rick Joyner, when you think of Rick Joyner, what comes to
1: mind? Oh, the final quest, you know, the... Kansas City Prophets, Morning Star Worship, The Prophetic, you know, all of that. He was involved in those.
0: What was it like when Rick Joyner met you for the first time?
1: You know, um, I was surprised when I met him the first time just because he really is a very personal person. He's um, very thoughtful, uh, very courteous, um, and he really seemed to take real interest in me not just me but anybody that he's meeting like he really is a a people person now he probably wouldn't consider himself that based on what other people would define it but he really is he is a good man a godly man and um, he's a restorer while simultaneously believes in restoration but also believes in righteousness and holiness and what a combination.
0: Oh, man. Listen, Rick Joyner has been part of my life for, I think, over 20 years. He believed in me, uh, allowed me to come to the school, and to be under his mantle. Mentors, he mentorshiped me for about two or three years, and I can tell you that my life was changed just, just being around him. You know, most people say, you know, I want you to mentor me. And, and they have this idea that these great leaders are going to sit down with you and they're going to break bread. Yet, that's not how it works most of the time. Most of the time, you just go alongside of them. And that's what happened when I met Rick through Pastor Jim. And I got to tell you, he, he changed my life on how I viewed, you know, the prophetic. You know, here you have Chris Reed A lot of people consider him to be a rising prophet, yet God had been preparing you since the age of 14, 15 years old. Take me back to, because I want to know you, right? Because we see the headlines and you went viral for Mm -hmm. a good thing. But I want to go back to when you were 14, 15 years old. When did you receive your first prophetic word, vision, dream?
1: Yeah, you know, I I remember I was about 12, maybe 11 or 12 years old. <clears throat> and, you know, I was entering into the middle school scene or close to it about that time. And I was trying to find this balance. I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was eight. I was the kid sitting on the front row closest to the edge, you know, so I could hear the pulpit, be close to the pastor when he was preaching. And I got to a certain age where I had to make this decision whether I was going to be a normal teenager, excuse me, and fit in and be a part of the extracurricular stuff like basketball. You know, I'm six foot seven. I've always been tall. (laughs) Size 15 shoe, by the way. I got a
0: long ways (laughs) to (laughs) go.
1: But anyway, I remember there for a while, like there was a part of me that I never left. I never walked away from the Lord or, or church or anything, but. I just felt drawn to. I just wanted to be cool. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be thought as normal. And I feel like that I never was successful in in that, you know. <clears throat> and so I remember one night as, and I, and I knew in my heart I was straying, like my priorities, my focus. Um, I was trying to, you know, fit in. I was at the age where the change was happening. All you know, all these emotions and feelings and. I remember one night I had a dream, and in the dream, I say it was a dream, but I literally came out of my body. I remember I rose up out of my body, and I can honestly remember turning around and looking and seeing me lay there on the bed. Wow! And I remember hearing the voice of the Lord. It was like an echo in the background, but a loudspeaker. And he said, your life has been chosen. You're not meant to fit in. Don't go down this route. Don't go down this path. Come back to your purpose. You know, I'm calling you back this hour. This is your opportunity. And I woke up with, with a holy terror, like knowing I had risen up out of my body, out of body experience, you might say. Didn't leave the room, but I turned around and I saw my body laying on the ground. And just like, I remember even seeing what the what the clock said. It was just really bizarre. And then the word of God, coming to me really stirred me as the Lord was not going to allow me to live a sinful life successfully. (laughs) He was not going to allow me to, you know, go down a different path. My life was marked and not that I didn't have a choice, but, um, I knew I couldn't go that direction. Did you
0: feel like there was something different already about you?
1: Oh yeah. I never, I mean, I've often thought, I wish I could go back and ask some of my classmates what they thought of me, you know? And it wasn't like I was walking around healing people or, you know, anything, but I was known as the preacher kid, you know, even at that age. And so I know I was perceived as different. I just did not fit in. And no matter how hard I try, if I would try, I, the dumber I would look, you know? And <laughs> I so,
0: laugh because... You know, they want to put you in this category where you become so spiritual to the point where they forget that you're human. You know, and, and stay tuned because we're gonna talk about a prophetic word that Chris read, pastor. I love that. I love I listen, I have love for pastors. And a lot of you may have lost passion and probably interest on in pastors, but I believe. That the key of today, we need pastors to pastor us. We don't need spiritual coaching. We don't need motivational speakers in our pulpits. We need pastors to take back their roles. We need pastors that can operate in the prophetic. We need pastors that can have dreams and visions and, and interpretations of that. Because the times that we're in right now... We're going to need a clear voice, a clear vision of what's happening. Where do we go as a church? And and I love pastors and pray for your pastors. They're battling a battle with the culture right now that I think the line has been drawn, Pastor Chris, that pastors either going to be on God's side or they're going to be on the culture side. So I just urge you, pray for your pastors. Stop judging them. Stop talking about them. Stop trying to figure them out pray for them we need pastors back in into their roles but we're going to talk about a prophetic word that pastor chris reed released a few months back that i believe things have already accelerated to being fulfilled which is unbelievable because when you have a dream or a vision usually it takes five ten years but i also believe personally this is my opinion that god is accelerating prophetic words for now, for preparation, for a time for us to prepare. But before we get started, I gotta—I want to know you more. What—what does what Pastor Chris Reed like to do when he's not preaching, when he's not studying? Or are you always serious? Are you a funny guy?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, at least I'd like to think I am. Um, I like. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm married. My wife, Missy. I'm very thankful for her. I've got. Six children, so that takes up a lot of that time that you're talking about. But, um, I do like to read, I probably read one book at least a week, sometimes more. Um, and that's not sermon prep, that's just for fun. That's just for for leisure. What
0: are you reading right now?
1: What am I reading right now? I'm kind of in between books, so I think I'm about to start Jim Baker's newest book. Oh, so man,
0: that listen, if you haven't read that book, I'm gonna put a link on the screen you need to go read that book and maybe we can start a book club that would
1: be fun that would be cool you know but chris read but basketball i like to hunt i'm a terrible golfer <laughs> i call it goofing instead Goof. of golfing <laughs> but i've really kind of gotten back into it and but yeah i just i really enjoy you know hanging out with other men of god and just sort of relaxing and oh yeah just what was it like when rick joiner
0: felt from God that you were going to be the man to almost take his role or, or come alongside of him, and now you're the lead pastor, you're the acting president. What was that news like?
1: So it was about in February of 2021, and I'd been coming around Morningstar for almost a year at that point, speaking at their conferences, um, which are always awesome, by the way, the Morningstar Conferences. are the unbelievable. Worship. Yeah, we've got a great set of them this year, actually. I'm excited about it. But, um, yeah, I'd come around for about a year, and then I, it was in February of 2021, and he said, hey, I'd like to have dinner with you. All right, so we sat down, and, you know, he just said, I feel like that the Lord has shown me that uh, you're supposed to come here and replace me.
0: Was that shocking? Yeah.
1: I kind of was beginning to feel like God was drawing me there because I, I pastored in Indiana for 12 years and to be honest, I was happy. I was very happy. I mean, I was pastoring in a small town called Peru, Indiana, yeah. and I started there with seven people. I was there 12 years. I was the senior pastor. So started there with very little. And you know, when I left, we we're probably having 250 people or so on the weekends, which is by no means a big church, but it kind of is for that small of a town, a town of 12,000. So I was very happy. I had a good ministry team there, good support group. And, uh, you know, I could get out and minister, in which I was starting to do. And then Rick says, I want you to pray about this. So I talked to, of course, my wife, Missy, was there in the meeting, but we talked about it afterwards. And I just knew right away it was just a green light, you know,
0: Do you feel like prophetic events and personal prophetic words are accelerating faster than usual?
1: I think there's an increase of angelic activity that contributes to those things that you just said. Mm -hmm. We read in the book Revelation about how that, for instance, there's angels of harvest that cast forth their sickle into the earth. Uh We read about other angelic activity, those with bowls, one with his foot on the land, one on the sea, and you know, I think that angelic activity increase. I think we're gonna see an incredible amount of actually people that we don't worship them, but cooperating with them, understanding that they're assigned to us for a purpose, if we can find the purpose of God. Ask for angelic activity. And a word of the Lord gave me recently for Morning Stars, I told our pastoral staff, I feel like the Lord told me to pray for um, angels of higher rank to be assigned to us to overcome those things that are opposing us. Um, let me give you a quick example in the Bible. Daniel, he goes to prayer. And 21 days passed after praying and fasting. And the angel on the 21st day comes to him and says, you were heard the first day. What do you mean I'm heard the first day? This is 21 days later. Remember what the angel said? He says, you were heard the first day, but the principality or the Prince of Persia, the demon, the high ranking demon that was over this particular geography that you're in stood in the way and held back and resisted the answer. So the the scripture tells us there were reinforcements that came that ultimately got him the answer. And so with that being said, I think that there's a lot of things, a lot of people that are watching, you know, you've been having things that dragging you down, they keep coming back, you know, resisting you business-wise, ministry-wise, marriage-wise, job-wise. And I feel like the Lord is saying in this hour to call and ask, it's okay to ask. Angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. So I think we're going to see, the book of Revelation shows it. I think angelic activity is an early, it was early in the book of Acts church, and we're going to see it more. And I think that's why those words, they're prophetic angels, warring angels, healing angels, and they are extensions of God, expressions of Him.
0: Why do you feel, or why does it seem like that we want personal words for our life? What does it do for us? Is it, is it because we're ambitious that we want it to be about us? You know, people look for prophets and personal prophecy, and sometimes it gets abused because we feel like they're fortune, spiritual fortune, fortune tellers and, and whatnot. How do you balance that? Out? Why are we hungry for that? Why do we seek that?
1: Well, there's several things. Number one, it can be a Kairos moment for that person a kairos moment, meaning a special moment in time, pre-planned, pre-ordained from before the foundation of the world, that this is a, a moment to seize that is going to trigger something into your destiny or your, mm. the scrolls of heaven that have been written about your life, that this is that moment to seize. I think that per- personal prophetic words are important. I mean, I the Lord uses me in that a lot, um, calling out sicknesses, something that has really become something really interesting the last couple of years is the Lord by revelation will show me a detailed dream someone has had. I'll call it out in the congregation and then the little, you know, I'll know their name, I'll know their age, whatever it is, you know, and it's just a confirm and usually turns into a corporate word. So I think that there is a need for There's an importance for prophetic word in Kairos moments to build our faith, to elevate our faith Now, the immature believer, which we don't want to be, sometimes people just go from one word, waiting for the next one, word to word to word. Mm. It's because they don't know their identity and purpose, which is why they're always looking for breadcrumbs or looking for a (laughs) word. If you're walking by faith and you know who you are in Christ, you don't have to have prophetic word to make it at the next mile. It's really just a confirmation and an icing on the cake. Wow. You brought up, my time is flying. Will you mind doing a second show with me? Sure. Do you
0: got anywhere to go? No. <laughs> I usually don't ask a guest when we're taping live here, but I just feel like something is brewing here. And I was telling you before we got started, we just finished taping an episode for the Jim Baker show. And there was such a reverence of the spirit of God. And I want to tell you something. There's a countenance in you, around you, that you bring. And there's such an anointing. And I believe this anointing is for you as well, because you, are, you have watched Christian television. You have listen, listened to prophetic words. Yet there's something about it that is birthed. If, and, and if you don't cultivate it, it dies. And if you don't do something with it, if you don't start fasting and praying and seeking God for the interpretation of that word, listen, if God's word is always going to be backed up by his word, Right. When I say his word is go back to the Bible and some of you need to go back to the Bible and and listen to God's voice because it's going to manifest, I believe, through a prophetic voice. It's just going to confirm what his word has already said about you. But stay tuned, because I believe God is going to move in your life, in my life, in this program that I don't think you're used to that. And some of you, you need to get back to knowing who God is and how he moves. Because there's some things in your life that you only know about. And it's that silent scream that no one can hear. Yet, God is moving in your life. And you can sense that presence in your living room, in your bedroom. Maybe you're at a cafe watching this program. And I want to tell you something. This Cairo moment, I love that. This Cairo moment is for you. It's for me. I know for a fact, Pastor Chris, that the prophetic word that you shared And I want you to get an opportunity because we don't have time to go through it all. But three prophetic messages for this last days, meaning for the season that we're in right now, Pastor Chris gave a prophetic word, New Year's Eve, prophetic message for 22, a prophetic dream about the men in black. And we're going to touch about that. And then the third one, prophetic messages for the end time church. That's for you. That's for me as for the whole body of Christ together but i want to touch on this real quick when god gives you a prophetic word for an individual how does that come about in your life how do you know what what what's the process that takes place because i believe there's people watching that may have that gift yet they feel awkward or weird that they're they're talking to their friend they're talking to somebody in business And all of a sudden God begins to reveal to them a a special message for that Cairo moment. Yet most of us don't act on that moment because we may think, Oh, it's just something crazy going on.
1: Yeah. You know, there's many ways that prophetic words can come. Most of the time when you are just beginning to hear the voice of God, and I've learned if you want more, if you want God to entrust you with greater revelation, then You have to, by faith, learn to act on what he gives you. Most of the time, it's just impressions. It's that out-of-the-blue thought that comes in your mind that you wasn't thinking prior to that, uh, and it's an abnormal thought, and it's got to do with the purposes of God. Somebody being healed, somebody being called into their purpose, somebody, um, you know, being, uh, encountering the Lord. Like, for instance, let me give you an example. When Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, the major writer of the New Testament, when he encountered the Lord on the road to Damascus, the light, Jesus spoke to him. The, the light was so bright that it blinds him, right? It's interesting, isn't it, how here he goes in this encounter. He he's, has letters in hand, the Bible says, to go to Damascus to persecute Christians. And after that encounter... He spends the rest of his life writing letters to help Christians. That's the epistles, mm. Romans, you know, Galatians, visions. and his eyes, his natural eyes are blinded, but is for the first time his spiritual eyes are open. Now, here's what happens. The Lord goes to Ananias, who is a trusted prophetic voice, another New Testament Christian. He says to him, I want you to go and I want you to pray for him. He says, not so, Lord, I, I, I've heard terrible things about what this <laughs> man's done for your You know, that process of arguing that you're talking about, this is just me, this isn't the Lord. Well, the Lord says, now watch this, I want you to go to a a street called Straight Street to the house of Judas, a different Judas Mm -hmm. than the one that betrayed Jesus, and I want you to lay hands on him. He's going to be healed. He'll receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be anointed to be a vessel unto the Gentiles. So here's what you see a prophetic word comes the lord literally gives Saul of Tarsus the man's I'm sorry he gives Ananias Saul's name he says Saul by name this is his the house number he's at this is the street address he's at and when you go there this is what the purpose of a prophetic word is number 1 he's going to have he's going to encounter the lord and be filled with the holy spirit so the prophetic led Paul to receive the holy spirit number 2 the, the prophetic often partners with healing. So by a wow. prophetic word, he lays hands on Paul and he's healed. And then the third purpose of a personal prophetic word is he says to Paul, you're going to be a witness to the Gentiles. You're going to suffer many, many things for my name's sake. So the purpose behind a prophetic word, it'll always do one of three or more of three, one, two or three things. Number one, it'll bring them to encounter the Lord, like him, he was baptized in the spirit, bring him into their purpose or bring divine healing. This is, this is so powerful because I know
0: if you're a seasoned Christian, or if you're a new Christian, you know that you're getting this intuition uh, for better lack of words, right? Because, but you're getting this sense and you're feeling it. And God is calling you to go and speak and, and, it almost seems like your obedience is connected to their destiny. Your obedience is connected to their healing. Yep. What is it about obedience that we in the church kind of
1: reject? I think that, you know, when we feel insecure or insufficient, or why would he use me? I'm not good enough. You know, we all know our own unique problems, our own, you know, hang-ups, habits and hurts and all this stuff and the things that we think prevent God from using us. But I think that, When we act on those impressions, you were talking about those intuitions, um, you don't have to walk up to somebody like, say, I get an impression for you. I don't walk up to you the first time and say, thus saith the Lord, such and such and such, (laughs) brother Mondo. I don't do that. I just, here's what I've done before. I'll walk up to him. I'll say, you know, I just keep uh, hearing this. Does this mean anything to you? And if it does, then, you know, you're on target. You can trust it then, then follow it where it leads you. And Now, if you walk up to them and you say, does this mean anything to you? They may say no, and it actually does. They're just not ready. Or they may say no, and you missed it. That's okay. You're practicing the prophetic. I'll say it again, practicing the prophetic. And when we learn to believe and obey the Lord, there is something about that that He will bless and then it'll build your confidence to hear more to know what you're hearing is from the Lord and not just your own thoughts and what starts off impressions then will come will become visions will become audible voices will become dreams and visions things that are undeniable but it's because you obeyed and responded to impressions wow is
0: that what you felt when you got the dream about the men in black
1: um well, when I had the dream about the man in black, the $50 bill dream, that was March 25th, 2022. After I woke up from the dream, I mean, I was sweating, almost shaking, like it was vivid. I remembered the detail. A lot of times you wake up from a dream, you don't remember stuff Yeah. or you have to write it down or you'll forget it. Well, I woke up then and I remembered every newspaper headline, every detail of the dream. Um, and it really just struck me, This, this is of the Lord, like... I couldn't have thought of this. I couldn't have concocted this. I couldn't have put this together. I know this is a Kairos thing, and these are things that are about to unfold. Mm. So I shared it.
0: Listen, stay tuned for part two, because I'm going to ask Pastor Chris Reed to share a little bit of what he saw in that dream, and what does it mean for America? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for the church I believe we are living in a moment in time where prophetically God is using this time to accelerate a warning to prepare you, to wake you up, to remind us that he is the beginning and the end. He's still the alpha and the omega. He's still the lily in the valley. He's the bright and morning star. Listen, God has a plan for your life. And our time is leaving so fast, but you got to tune in for next week. Because I want to tell you something. This prophetic dream is connected to your destiny. This prophetic dream is connected to your church pastor. It's connected to your message evangelists, teachers, pastors. And I want to tell you something. If we don't start respecting the office of the prophet, we're going to miss God in a way that we should have never missed it. God placed prophets and apostles in the church, in the body, for a reason. He didn't declare prophets just to be there and, and to give you, you know, your prophetic dream and, 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 and give you the words so you can enjoy them. No, sometimes they're there to challenge, to grow. They're, they're there, I believe, to remind us that God is still speaking, and we all have a part in this prophetic time that we're in right now. God is unlocking some of the mysteries in the Bible today, and he's doing it through his people. I love this. He uses you. He uses me. He uses people. God, listen, if, if God stops using people, he's going to use rocks. I want God to use me. I know if God wants to use you, you got to be obedient. Oh boy. That's a cuss word in the church. (laughs) (laughs) Obedience. But listen, stay tuned. I want you to get these three prophetic messages today. You are going to be challenged. You are going to be in love with God. You're going to fall in love with the scripture. You are going to understand where we are, prophetically speaking. And if you wonder what's happening, what's going on, what does all this mean? Well, you got to get the message. Call me today. Go to the website. And next week, we're going to cover what this dream is all about. The men in black. I want to remind you. No matter what you're going through, keep the faith. It's going to be all right. God is on your side. Bye-bye.